Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877-381-3811, I have been preparing you for this day all week long, laying out the facts, laying out the history, both as to the press, as the Democrat Party, as to propaganda, and I hope most of you tuned it out today. I hope most of you tuned it out. One day in history, maybe it'll be 20 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, God knows. There will be sober circumspection and reflection on what's taking place in this country and what's taking place the last five years. And what it's like not to have a free press. What it's like to have a party that is totalitarian in the Democrat Party. This is very, very important to keep in mind when we have a corrupt media that has demonstrated itself to be corrupt in many instances and for a long time, and a Democrat party that is anti-American from slavery on. I wrote a book not that long ago. It was called On Freedom of the Press. And I talked about party journalism. Party journalism. And I pointed out in part that historian Harold Holzer describes the impact of party journalism and its power to influence politics and the electric in the years before the Civil War. He wrote, by the 1850s, almost no independent voters were left in America, only Democrats and Whigs, most of whom would later become Republicans. Nearly all of them avid readers of newspapers, kept in a perpetual state of political arousal by journalism and further stimulated by election cycles that drew voters to polls several times a year, not just on the first Tuesdays of November. 
The overwhelming majority regarded politics with a fervor that approached religious awakening, evoking interest characteristic of modern sports or entertainment, with only a few notable exceptions, few unaligned newspapers prospered. And I point out that sadly this sounds quite similar to the media environment today. In point of fact, the party presses back and with a vengeance. And of course, there are certain differences between the party press of old and its present day incarnation, but there's no denying its reality. And while today's editors and journalists are not on the payroll of the post office or other federal departments as they had been in the past, and are not subsidized by political parties, the revolving door of journalists and or their family members serving primarily in Democratic administrations, Democratic congressional office, and Democratic campaigns, and vice versa, is a fact. The evidence of a progressive ideological mindset sympathetic to and supportive of the Democratic Party, in which news is so said to be interpreted or analyzed or given context, and where social activism is an essential and overarching framework for reporting, results in writing and broadcasting that mainly confirm to the objectives, conform to the objectives, policies, and principles of the modern Democrat Party and their agenda. Importantly, unlike the early party press era, where newspapers lined up fairly evenly behind one party or the other or one candidate or another, and transparently proclaimed their partisanship, the current party press also differs in that news outlets are overwhelmingly supportive of the Democratic Party, hostile to the Republican Party, particularly conservatives, and these days virtually inverently antagonistic to President Trump, his supporters, and his policies. On January 15, 2018, veteran newsman and columnist Andrew Malcolm summed up the current sad state of American political journalism, as he put it, as so thoroughly and obviously anti-Trump that it has inflamed and balkanized the public. In his piece titled, Media's Anti-Trump Addiction Amps Up the Outrage and Fuels the Public Suspicion, Malcolm observes that much of today's political journalism has fallen into advocacy, intentionally inflammatory, using or omitting selective details, quotes, and background to make a case against President Donald Trump. The criticism generally centers on something he did or said he would do, or something someone, usually unidentified, said he might do, or is considering possibly doing. And then in a kind of kabuki dance, journalists run to gather reaction from waiting opponents who provide a predictably outraged quote calling for counteraction. When media outlets and journalists conduct themselves this way, they deny Americans a set of generally accepted facts to debate, writes Malcolm, merely providing fodder for an anti-Trump agenda and more argumentative ammo for both sides. The Washington media rightly claimed the duty to check presidential statements. Unfortunately, they couldn't find the time or inclination to apply the same regimen to former President Obama's words as they have imposed on Trump's. Otherwise, Obama would have been called out for the 36 times he promised we could keep our doctor and health plan. The countless speechless claims that al-Qaeda was on the run the false suggestion that Russia was no longer a strategic competitor, and the laughable claim that his administration experienced no scandals during its entire term. And when reporting on Democratic president and his, on the president and a, his progressive agenda, the same newsrooms and reporters take a very different approach. That's because, writes Malcolm, the D.C. media by and large sympathize with Obama's election and policies. And while the election of an African-American was historic, was not the historically shocking upset that Trump's base delivered to him and us. 
and upset that far too many political journalists have been unable to digest. They're allowed to corrupt their professionalism. And I add, moreover, press reports are filled with headlines and breaking news akin to supermarket tabloids. The public is subjected to daily, if not hourly, hype about news reports and alerts, often based on wishful thinking, speculation, partisan advocacy, anonymous sources, outright lies. Virtually anyone with a gripe against Trump is treated as a newsmaker and repeatedly provided multiple national media formats and platforms to air their criticisms. The list is too long and the examples too numerous to reproduce here. But there are many. Stormy Daniels, Michael Avenatti. Oh yes, many more. Amoroso Newman. Michael Wolf. Bob Woodward. And there's the endless press drumbeat about or more like cheerleading for Trump's imminent demise. Because that's what they want, that's what they pushed for, that's what they promoted. The press have been campaigning alongside Democratic politicians, officials, consultants, and surrogates for Trump's impeachment since even before his nomination. Even before his nomination. Now impeachment reported as a foregone conclusion at the time. There was also nonstop media speculation about indeed advocacy for the indictment of President Trump by either special counsel Robert Mueller or the United States U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District. All based on nothing but lies. Lies. But even the tone of the press in reporting on President Trump has reached a level of invective never, excuse me, rarely seen in politics. Trump is repeatedly referred to or impliedly compared to a fascist dictator, a neo-Nazi, white supremacist, racist, Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, and various news outlets and on media platforms by their journalists, paid commentators, and invited guests. And these unhinged and shameful characterizations and rants are so numerous, they are also difficult to list, yet easily searchable and profuse on the Internet. And I go on. The media pack malevolently toward President Trump and his party belies the press's self-serving claims of professionalism, and high standards. Rather, it's every bit as tawdry or worse than the party press journalism of the early 1800s, which they claim to frown upon. And indeed, during the Trump presidency, the press has engaged in lies, distortions, sloppiness, and overall malpractice, to an extent previously unseen in modern times. That's unbelievable, actually. Well, I'm not going to read you the whole book. You can read it yourselves. And you will also see how the media today are made up of overwhelming number of Democrats, radical left advocates, and activists, that their entire purpose has, has evolved or devolved into something that is really quite unconscionable as advocates for their cause. And then when you see this, I want to remind you of the overarching view of this American Marxist force that we, that we face. And as I pointed out in American Marxism, the counter-revolution to the American Revolution is in full force. It can no longer be dismissed or ignored, for it is devouring our society and culture, swirling around our everyday lives, and ubiquitous in our politics, schools, media, and entertainment. And once a mostly unrelatable fringe and subterranean movement, it is here, it is everywhere. 
And you, your children, and your grandchildren are now immersed in it, and it threatens to destroy the greatest nation ever established, along with your freedom, family, and security. The primary difference between the counter-revolution and the American Revolution is that the former seeks to destroy American society and oppose autocratic rule, and the latter sought to protect American society and institute representative government. The counter-revolution or movement of which I speak is Marxism. American Marxism. That's what it is. Period. In America, many Marxists cloak themselves in phases like progressive, democratic socialists, social activists, community activists. Most Americans remain openly hostile to the name Marxism, so they try to avoid it. They operate under myriad newly minted organizational or identifying nomenclatures such as Black Lives Matter, Antifa, The Squad, etc. They claim to promote economic justice, environmental justice, racial equity, gender equity, etc. They've invented new theories like critical race theory and phrases and terminologies linked to it or fit into a Marxist construct. They claim the dominant culture, quote-unquote, and capitalist system are unjust and inequitable, racist and sexist, colonialist and imperialist, materialistic and destructive of the environment. Of course, the purpose is to tear down and tear apart the nation for a thousand reasons and in a thousand ways, thereby dispiriting and demoralizing the public, undermining the citizenry's confidence in the nation's institutions, traditions, and customs, creating one calamity after another, weakening the nation from within, and ultimately destroying what we know as American republicanism and capitalism. And today, these reprobates, these malcontents, these miscreants come together. Today, the leadership of a party that defended and promoted and advanced slavery and segregation and Jim Crow and poll taxes and literacy texts, unending inhumanity, a party that colluded with the Klan, a party that would not reject lynchings until the 1920s. A party that today stands against Americanism, against the Constitution, against the principles and the Declaration of Independence. A party today who disrespects and disregards the individual citizen and their interests. A party today that wants to fundamentally transform our society without the support of the society. That rejects separation of powers. That rejects an independent judiciary. That party today claims to stand for the rule of law and the Constitution as it tries to fill the federal judiciary with one radical Marxist after another. That party today says to respect the vote of the people as it tries to pack ballot box after ballot box across the nation by nationalizing the election procedures not to improve and advance voting for people who don't have a chance to vote, but to destroy, to destroy the voting system altogether, to nationalize the power of the Democrat Party in every corner of this country, regardless if half the country says no. That's today, January 6th, to listen to Joe Biden a man that has done enormous damage to this country, open borders today, a man who supported segregation and rejected integration,
We get to listen to him today. Kamala Harris, who compares January 6th to the men and women who died in a burning inferno in the towers, the World Trade Center, or jumped to their deaths, or died in airplanes in central Pennsylvania, at the Pentagon, and so forth. She dares to compare January 6th to that. Or to Pearl Harbor. My God, these people are disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Washington Examiner and pointed out some time ago, as uh, mentioned in the piece by Cal Thomas, the Democrats voted against every piece of civil rights legislation in Congress from 1866 to 1966. Congressional Democrats opposed the 13th Amendment, which officially freed the slaves in 1865. Only four Democrats voted for it. Republicans passed the 14th Amendment in 1866, which granted American citizenship to former slaves. Not one of the 56 congressional Democrats voted for the 15th Amendment in 1869, which gave former slaves the right to vote. Republicans backed all the civil rights laws of the 1860s, including the Civil Rights Act of 1866 and the Reconstruction Act of 1867. Their party was founded on an anti-slavery platform. John Kennedy was hesitant about the civil rights agenda early on. He was afraid he would lose Democrat votes. And then, of course, after his assassination, Johnson claimed that Kennedy was passionately for civil rights. But it was the Republicans who ensured that the Civil Rights Act of 64 and 65 actually... My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. 
Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The new American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. We will have Molly Hemingway on the program in Hour 3. wrote that fantastic book, Rigged, to discuss January 6th. January 6th is a nothing day. It's a pseudo-event. The truth is that the count by Congress was never endangered. That this was not an armed insurrection. That a single member of Congress was directly harmed. And so it has nothing in common with an armed insurrection. But I will say this. These same people who speak out today did not speak out against the violence all summer long in the summer of 2020. How many of them spoke out as aggressively against the Black Lives Matter and Tifa violence, the violence against police officers, the burning of cities, the looting of small businesses, many owned by minorities, the killing of fellow human beings, and the assault on nearly 12,000 police officers? What exactly, what exactly did you hear Joe Biden say? Almost nothing. Almost nothing. What exactly did you hear Kamala Harris say? Well, actions are louder than words, as they say, and she was making contributions to provide bail to as many of these violent rioters as possible. What were the Democrat mayors doing? They were slashing their police budgets. They were using BLM or Black Lives Matter and painting it on major boulevards and broadways in their streets. The media, the media was censoring the truth about these organizations as they promoted them and advanced their causes of trashing police, their lies about systemic racism in this society, including among the police. These are the same people who are rallying today to try to convince people who are uninformed and unengaged that we face the greatest threat since the Civil War on January 6th of last year. But all they're doing is trying to use this event, trying to use this event to damage their political opposition. This is what they're always about, power. They have so-called historians that they cherry-pick, who they know will say what they want them to say in advance. We know what these phony media platforms are going to do in advance. They bring in certain representatives who they know will say what they want them to say. It's propaganda, pure and simple. Propaganda. When a nation does not have a free press, it is in grave danger. As I've pointed out time and again here, in unfreedom in the press and before unfreedom of the press, we do not have 
a legitimate press in America. Here's a montage, hat tip newsbusters, media say January 6th is a threat to democracy and the next election won't be fair. The only fair elections for the Democrats is the ones they win. Cut one, go. The New York Times editorial board marking the new year with this dire warning, writing, quote, January 6th is not in the past. It is every day. The republic faces an existential threat from a movement that is openly contemptuous of democracy. Now, why would you quote the New York Times? When it has a heinous, evil record of defending genocide and genocidal dictators. Why would you quote the New York Times? The other media follow the New York Times like the New York Times is a Pied Piper. Go ahead. January 6th um, was the end of something, but you believe January 6th was the beginning of something. January 6th never ended in a lot of ways. It's ongoing. This is a January 6th that's happening every single day on the local level that is slowly tearing apart our democracy. You have one party that's being led by Trump here that seems to be trying to delegitimize our democracy. There remains- you, see, you, see, you see, it's the same reporters, the same reporters for the last five years who've done everything possible to advance the agenda of the American Marxist. These are all Democrats, all of them, either officially or unofficially. They're all Democrats pushing the same agenda today. Go ahead. Clear and present danger to our democracy. Very serious threat to our democracy. Threat to American democracy. Threat to democracy. The democratic emergency is already here. We face a serious risk that American democracy, as we know, it will come to an end in 2024, but urgent action is not happening. This is a direct through line between what we saw on January 6th and this issue of voting rights. These two things are, are These going are reporters in. or reporters slash commentators. Go ahead. Other issue we want to deal with is contingent on whether or not voting rights and whether or not our democracy exists in this country. Whatever happened to the push in Congress to secure voting rights? It's now up to Democrats in Congress to act and save it. Time is running out. There are serious concerns among a lot of um, political experts, a lot of national security experts, a lot of journalists, that the next election won't be fair. If you have a significant uh, win uh, for a Trump-led Republican Party, means that 2024 is going to be seen as illegitimate and potentially a constitutional crisis. So if Trump wins and wins big, a uh, constitutional crisis. They're already telling us what they're going to do. The media are destroying this country because they are the mouthpieces, they are the propagandists for these various Marxist movements and the Democrat Party. You've seen this Douglas Brinkley before. He's even been on Fox when he has a book out. He's a clown. He's a clown. And I'm going to prove it to you. Here he is on MSLSD today. And again, remember, these so-called historians are picked for a specific reason. Cut to go. But we have film footage of what happened on January 6th. We have proof. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower during World War II made sure all the Holocaust camps were filmed. So we've got the film footage. So now we're combating. Okay, consp- okay. what does that have to do with January 6th? The Holocaust? And ladies and gentlemen, just to show you what kind of a 
low IQ buffoon this Douglas Brinkley is. On the airwaves here, I've been saying, why won't they release all the footage? They won't. I know quite well what Dwight Eisenhower did, and he insisted that all the media report on what took place when they were going through these concentration, these death camps. But this administration won't release all the video. But again, to compare this to the Holocaust? Go ahead. Theorists, deniers, and some, um, you know, trumpeteers. But my worry is what do we call this and make sure we we honor this day, this dark stained day every year. So we've got to keep saying January 6th. I think it is like December 7th, Pearl Harbor. It is like the 9-11 tragedy. I, I wonder if all those families who lost brave men when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and World War II broke open, or all those families that lost innocent family members on 9-11 think that January 6th was the same. This is so appalling. And listen, listen how he, he talks as if he's talking for the enemy in World War II. We've got to keep reminding people about January 6th. In other words, the big lie must be perpetuated. None of these people cared about the riots of 2020 summer. None of these people spoke out. None of these people asked for hearings. Another so-called presidential historian, Mark Updegrove, amazingly winds up on ABC today. Cut three, go. You know, you have to contextualize moments like this in order to cement history. Um, In order to cement history, in other words, to cement a narrative and to cement propaganda. Now wait till you hear this guy. Go ahead. Lincoln at Gettysburg. Lincoln went back to that hallowed battleground, and he talked about what it all meant, not only on that day, but for the future of this nation, and he did so masterfully. 40,000 casualties at Gettysburg. It's interesting he brings up Gettysburg, something the critical race theory kooks, nuts, never bring up. Lincoln or Gettysburg. They even invoke Lincoln and Gettysburg while they embrace an ideology that rejects Lincoln and what took place at Gettysburg is anything but whites fighting among whites. Lincoln at Gettysburg. So this is Gettysburg. It's 9-11, it's Pearl Harbor, it's the Holocaust. Go ahead. That's the kind of speech that Biden had to make today. We're at a crossroads in our country. There was no certainty. Somebody's after- whispering to him. Did you hear that, Mr. Producer? Come on. That's a day. Hey. Keep going. That's as good. Really good. He goes on. Cut four. Go. Joe Biden needed to deliver a powerful statement about democracy today. This was... FDR after Pearl Harbor. This is Lyndon Johnson after Selma. This is George W. Bush after 9-11. Really? Really? It's Selma. These people are sick. 
They were caught up in their own propaganda. Sick. Joe Biden gave us, he's going to stand against this. He will stand single-handedly if he must. The man can barely stand when he's taking a leak, may I say with all due respect. The man who cost the lives of 13 red-blooded American Yanks in Afghanistan. 13. Who has blood on his hands. Who left American citizens in Afghanistan. Who left American allies in Afghanistan who are no doubt facing all kinds of torture and so forth. What happened to all those kids? Those American kids that were in Afghanistan. What does this historian say about that? What do the media say about that? Nothing. We got our man, Mark Updegrove, presidential historian. Go ahead. He wasn't able to make a statement after, after January 6th. He waited for his inauguration, and he wanted to, to unite the nation. So he really didn't dwell on what had happened. This, guy, this guy really should be on Joe Biden's staff. He's not a presidential historian. He's a Biden ass kisser. More when I return. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love free to make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Sort of the Tokyo Rose of the media today. Except Tokyo Rose, you knew where she stood. Tuck, uh, Tuck Chuck believes or uh, pretends that he doesn't. And here he is today. Cut five, go. And I'll tell you this. If you think that speech was partisan, then you believe the former president's lies. It's only a partisan speech if you think there's somehow an, a, an, a truthful dispute here. Uh, if you're pro-democracy and pro-America, it is hard to look at that speech and say, oh, it's politically skewed. And, and to see today some elected Republicans try to have it both ways, condemning what happened on January 6th, but then trying to memory hole how we got to January 6th and instead try to play politics with it, I think it just shows you Unfortunately, how powerful the former president's hold is on approximately 30 to 40 percent of the American people. This is really. uh, This guy's a clown. We're going to be burdened with a man like this or a child like this. For years to come, because corporate America 
subsidizes him and gives him a platform, much like Joy Reid. So if you have a problem with Biden and Biden's speech, then there's something wrong with you. Does anybody remember Chuck Todd speaking out aggressively against the riots, against the assaults, against the killings in the summer of 2020? Does anybody? The same media, it's the same media that covered up Hunter Biden, the same media that pushed Russia collusion. They are undermining this country. When you take a low IQ political hack and put them in a position which you claim, which you advertise as a news position, you do grave damage to this country. Grave damage to this country, and that's that's Chuck Todd. And that's the problem. Now remember when Chuck Schumer was threatening members of the Supreme Court that they either rule the way he wants them to rule in illegal immigration or else? Remember? Whatever happened to the ethics complaint against the schmuckster? It died a quiet death. So he goes to the Senate floor and he burps too. Cut eight, go. So we cannot, this should not be a partisan issue. It's about falsehood versus truth. In the history of this country, we have always disagreed on ideology, but never on facts. Oh, never on facts. You're such a putz. Go ahead. Until recently, and in such an important area. If lying about results of an election is acceptable, if instigating a mob against the government is considered permissible... Okay, let's just stop, stop, stop. Why is there an investigation going on since we're already hanging Donald Trump and his people? You hear these speeches? What's the point? We know the point, but I'm just saying, as a, as a rational matter, they're conducting an investigation where they're accusing the President of the United States of leading a mob in an insurrection when none of that happened? I'll be right back. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Back in August, five months ago, I read to you part of an article by Reuters, of all news outlets, written by Mark Hosenball and Sarah N. Lynch. That's right. What was this article about? was an exclusive, and here's the title. FBI finds scant evidence U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. Sources. The FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election result, according to four current and former law enforcement officials. And by the way, if it was, why hasn't this committee leaked that information yet since they're leaking everything else? Because it wasn't. Though federal officials have arrested more than 570 alleged participants, they want to, allow, they want to arrest 1,000 people. 
The FBI at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated by far-right groups or prominent supporters of then-President Donald Trump, according to the sources who've been either directly involved in or briefed regularly on the wide-ranging investigations. See, this wasn't good enough for Pelosi and her goons. 90 to 95% of these are one-off cases, said a former senior law enforcement official with knowledge of the investigation. Then you have 5% maybe of these militia groups that were more closely organized. But there was no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all these people to storm the Capitol and take hostages. FBI investigators did find that cells of protesters, including followers of the far-right Oath Keepers and Proud Boy groups, had aimed to break into the Capitol, but they found no evidence that the groups had serious plans about what to do if they did make it inside, the sources said. Some insurrection, huh, folks? Now, prosecutors have filed conspiracy charges against 40 of these defendants, alleging that they engaged in some degree of planning before the attack uh, with respect to the Proud Boys and so forth. But so far, prosecutors have steered clear more serious politically loaded charges that the sources said have been initially discussed by prosecutors, such as seditious conspiracy or racketeering. None of those charges have been brought. The FBI's assessment could prove relevant for a congressional investigation that also aims to determine how the day's events were organized and by whom. Apparently not. Apparently not. Let's see if there's any more here that's worth reading. That's it. So the FBI found nothing. No coordination, no conspiracy, no insurrection. This was reported by Reuters, but that's not what the media keeps saying. And the media and the Democrats, one or the other, it's as if they're, uh, they're hand puppets, one for the other. And so they bring in these Democrats and the media, the media lecture you left and right about these events, and they just keep lying. They just keep lying. And uh, I'm looking at them here. I don't want to play all of them. Let's see here. Let's do cut 11. This is this Pramila Jayapal on Capitol Hill today. Go ahead. I replay how I made plans to use my gas mask and my cane newly at my side from a five-week-old knee replacement surgery. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. She replays how to use her gas mask and her cane after five weeks of knee replacement surgery. Are you kidding me? Well, now she might know how citizens felt in Minneapolis and Seattle and Philadelphia and in New York. In Portland. In Kenosha. In cities and towns throughout America. Where people had knee replacements. Where people weren't sure how to how to protect themselves and their families. Isn't that remarkable? Now here's Kamala Harris compares this to Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, for God's sakes. And she knows damn little, if anything, about Pearl Harbor, I guarantee you. Cut thirteen, go. Certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly 
Remind all who have lived through them. I can't even stand her voice. Instantly. Because you know she's a phony and a fraud with no substance whatsoever. Let's go to cut 14. Go. What do we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack. Sitting in the private... Hey, this guy is a filthy, disgusting liar. He didn't rally the mob to attack. We all heard and saw what took place at that speech. In fact, the Capitol was breached before he even completed. Now he's saying that he rallied the mob to attack. This is the coordination that this fool has with the Liz Cheney's of the world and the media. They hate Trump. They just despise him so much, and you, that they have to lie about what happened. That he rallied the mob to attack. This would be the same president that offered the National Guard. Why don't they say that? And how come in no damn interview today, we looked on CNN, MSNBC, or even on my beloved Fox. Not one did they ask about Pelosi's role. Not one did they ask why Pelosi didn't bring in the National Guard. Not one asked what Pelosi did on January 4th, January 5th, or even on January 6th for that matter. They don't want to know how to fix this, quote-unquote. That's not what any of this is about. Go ahead. From off the Oval Office in the White House. Ah, shut up, you idiot. You damn fool. Whether it's Afghanistan or Iran or China or Russia, whether it's our border, whether it's our economy, whether it's the virus, you clown. Listening to you. Get emotional, get passionate with a speech that's been written by somebody else. And you lie. You lie all the time. And you always have. How many careers he tried to destroy, from Bob Bork to Clarence Thomas, and a thousand in between before and after. Going to listen to this schmuck? Then he lectures us about what the Republican Party is or is not. Cut 16, go. Well, some courageous men and women in the Republican Party are standing against it. Trying oh, to yeah, really courageous. With the media at their back, with the Democrat Party at their back. Go ahead. Well, that party. Too many others are transforming that party into something else. They you see no how long- completely politicized this is? Completely. Go ahead. I want to be the party. The party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Reagan, the Bushes. All right, let's stop. The Democrats hated Lincoln. In fact, they assassinated him. The Democrats hated Reagan. Hated his guts. They wanted to impeach him over Iran if they could have. The Bushes, they blew off the old man as, as a joke. And his son, they said he was an illegitimate president. So Biden throws out these Republican names. Biden doesn't get to decide what the Republican Party will be, and he doesn't get to decide who the Republican nominee will be. As a matter of common sense, and I'll say it whether people like it or not, whether I'm under attack or not, everybody scratches their head. Frankly, even in the media, even in the Democrat Party, how the hell did this guy get 80 million votes from his basement? From his basement. 
Nobody can figure it out. And you dare not to ask a single question because it was the greatest election in history. It was the cleanest election. There wasn't any fraud whatsoever. All the machines worked perfectly. All the ballot counting was perfect. The Constitution and the rule of law was followed perfectly. Oh, yes, yes, yes. have a problem whatsoever. Despite the fact we had fewer safeguards than at any time in American history. It's okay. What are you, a, a denier? It's funny how they're bringing all these Bush guys on TV to discuss Trump, isn't it, Mr. Producer? They're like the last people who should discuss Trump. The last and the rhinos. All over TV discussing Trump like they know anything. Go ahead. But whatever my other disagreements are with Republicans who support the rule of law and not the rule of a single not man. Not the rule of a single man, Mr. Executive Order. Mr. I'll defy the courts until they catch up with me. Mr. Open Borders, who won't follow the immigration laws. That guy, that jerk, Mr. Dad of Hunter Biden, Mr. Joe Biden, whose links to communist China and other foreign governments have still not been exposed, thanks to our magnificent media in this country. Our magnificent media. Oh, yes. That's right. Cut 20, go. You can't love your country only when you win. Really? So what was all that Russia collusion about, you, sh- you jerk? How about this, Joe? You can't love your country when you try to reverse an election in 2016. When you use the instrumentalities of the FBI and intelligence agencies and the FISA courts to try and take out your opponent. When you use the office of the President of the United States, Obama, or the Vice President of the United States, Biden, the top echelons of the FBI, when you use the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign to launder money to put out a lie produced by foreigners, I don't think you can love your country when you do that, you jerk. Can you? No, I don't think you can. Go ahead. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. Really? Is that what you told the rioters? Is that what you told Black Lives Matter? Is that what you told Antifa? Is that what you told the looters and the arsonists? The summer before last? Is that what you said, Joe? Did you give your great Gettysburg speech then? Did you? You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. Did you say that, Joe? No, you didn't. You mumbled through your dentures. Go ahead. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Embrace and enable lies, huh, Joe? What do you call what you did in Afghanistan? You lied all the way through. You lied to the American people. You lied to our faces. You lied to the citizens who are still over there. You're a disgrace. You're a disgrace today and you're a disgrace to history. That's the truth. You've cost people their lives. 
And unfortunately, the only person who died on January 6th was a veteran, a woman, a patriot, a Trump supporter. And she shouldn't have died. She should have been shot in cold blood, dead. She didn't have any weapons. She didn't attack anybody. And the man who shot her is the only police officer they truly love. The only police officer they truly love. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Biden as much as you hated Obama, and yet you are white supremacists. That's not possible, is it, Mr. Producer? No, there's no way. Go ahead. President, maybe that's part of it. I don't know what it is, but this is like the most sort of norm core Democrat ever. He's a moderate, you know, sort of ordinary Democrat. There's nothing outrageous about him, but they have cast him as a sort of demonic character. There you go, the genius of Joy Reid. Now, I'm deeply concerned, ladies and gentlemen. That's such a prolific voice of racism, bigotry, hatred, and anti-Americanism. Could well lose her job over at MSLSD. Something that I've been encouraging, as a matter of fact. Not because I don't believe in free speech, but because she is a vile bigot, in my humble opinion. Just my opinion. And they write at Post Millennial, it's their, they're the source, it appears that MSNBC host Joy Reid may no longer have a show on the network this spring following a round of reshuffling. President of News Cycle Media, John Nicosia, announced the news on Twitter, writing that a Comcast source said, quote, Joy Reid will lose her 7 p.m. show in the next round of reshuffling at MSNBC, according to a source at Comcast. Her 7 p.m. show, right? Not necessarily be thrown out by the network she does not have a show come mid-spring the source reportedly added decision has been made the only thing left is messaging on the move which will be ratings no you should say we proudly removed we proudly removed a cancer from our supposed profession in the body politic Nicosia continued on to state that while Reed has uh, allies at Comcast, I think he means allies at Comcast, she's now viewed as being unmanageable by many. 
There we go again with a white-dominant society. Also, similar to Cuomo, it says, it appears those allies have found out she's been less than truthful about past incidents, wrote Nicosia, alluding to last month's firing of the popular CNN host. Now, popular at CNN means 12 viewers. Fredo Cuomo, after it was revealed that he was more intimately involved in helping his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, through his sexual assault scandal. And I thought he was more intimately involved, I thought, with molesting. Overall, MSNBC's weekday primetime viewership dropped by 25% in 2021, and this is part of the reason why the media cannot let go of Trump, just so you know. Meet the press is a disaster. Good Morning America is a disaster. They just, it's, it's like they have a collective, uh, their collective mental cases. According to Nielsen data, the readout with Joy Reid started the year with an average of 2,592,000 viewers by November the number of viewers had dropped to 1,129,000. I would say this to MSNBC. I am not available. I have one year left on my contract with Fox. And of course, my show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, thanks to you in this audience, we own Sunday night on cable TV. But I am not available to go over to MSLSD and save them. A sinking... conservative voice the mark levin show dial in now 877-381-3811 you know ladies and gentlemen it's true the radical left hangs on my every word media matters mediaite and reprobates such as that as well as our friends because i swear we hear things i say in this this program regurgitated on our favorite cable networks and other talk shows during the course of the day, but can you blame them? This is a different kind of show. This is a different kind of show. For instance, I want to raise something that I'm sure nobody else has raised. January 6th, as you know, the only person who died was a protester, a veteran, a patriot, coming as close to murder as possible. None of those quote-unquote insurrectionists killed anybody. But the Democrats mark January 6th as a day that will live in their spongy brains. But I got to thinking, how come we don't have a day of remembrance for all our fellow citizens who have been slaughtered under Democrat administrations? Because of Democrat policies. Democrat prosecutors who don't prosecute. Democrats who undermine law enforcement. Where thousands, I repeat, thousands of our fellow citizens have been murdered. How come we don't have a special day of remembrance for that and for them and their families? And I want to remind you, just a few days ago, just a few days ago, even the constipated news network, where Priya Krishnakumar, that's the name, and Peter Nikias, that's the name, they wrote a piece, 10 of the country's most populous cities set homicide records last year. 
Nobody talks about that as undermining our our society. More than two-thirds of the country's 40 most populous cities saw more homicides last year than in 2020, according to a CNN analyst of political department data, police department data. Ten of those cities recorded more homicides in 2021 than any other year on record. Philadelphia, Austin, Texas, Columbus, Ohio, Indianapolis, Portland, Memphis, Louisiana, excuse me, Louisville, uh, Milwaukee, Albuquerque, Tucson. Minneapolis tied its previous record number of homicides with 97 in the years 97 and 2021. Oh, they can do better this year. Many cities have seen homicides reach near record highs in the past year. Chicago is a perfect example. New York. Los Angeles. Wow. What could be going on in these cities? No, there's no day of remembrance for this. For the genocide in our streets. And I'm not even talking about other forms of violent crime. I'm talking about murder. Murder. But the Democrats have an answer for that. Too many guns. No, I have an answer for that. Too many Democrats in control of cities. That's what creates death and mayhem. That's right, I said it. It's reality. Their policies are deadly. Deadly. Why don't we remember January 6th? Just pick it as a day for the genocide occurring in our cities, particularly among minorities. And almost exclusively in Democrat-controlled cities and towns. Why don't we why don't we remember January 6th for that? Because the one person who died at the Capitol building was shot by a Capitol police officer who is now heralded and celebrated as a patriot. But if we're going to remember January 6th on this program, and in my mind we're going to remember it as a solemn day. A solemn day. When the Democrat Party implanted prosecutors into our body politic that are on the side of the criminal. When they opened the gates of the prison doors and let out recidivists, violent recidivists. When they opened our borders to anybody who wanted to come in, including criminals of the worst kind, gang members of the worst kind, drugs of the worst kind. January 6th will be remembered here, and I put the marker down. It'll be remembered as the day every year where Democrat policies have killed innocent American citizens. That's what I think, Mr. Producer. The homicides rates through the roof, the open borders and the crime that comes with it, the week on sentencing, the week, the week on, uh, on letting people uh, and keeping people in prison with phony bail reform. Their prosecutors, they have brought this, this genocide to our country, particularly to our cities. With crime sprees, they've unleashed crime sprees. 
And it is they that have unleashed a record in murders across this country. January 6th is to be remembered as a day once a year for the consequence of Democrat policies and the blood on their hands. That's what I'm going to remember January 6th for. Why not January 7th? Why not January 8th? Well, it could be any day of the year. I choose January 6th to make it clear how absurd these fools are. The same fools that talk about threats to democracy. Threats to democracy. When they don't give a crap about what's going on in communities all across this country. Particularly communities that vote for Democrats. We have murder records last year through the roof. Through the roof. And January 6th is as good a day as any to remember whose policies, whose policies have helped lead to this day and every day in America where violent crime is not only tolerated, promoted by their prosecutors. When is the last time, when is the first time George Soros was denounced by Joe Biden? By Nancy Pelosi, by Chuck Schumer. They can't denounce him. He's literally among their biggest sugar daddies. He funds the Marxist movement and various movements. He funds the pro-crime, pro-criminal, pro-murder prosecutors in this country. They dare not question George Soros. No. No. The Bush family, the Cheney family, the Rhinos, the Never Trumpers, they don't question George Soros either. They don't say a thing about the genocide that's taking place in this country as a result of Democrat Party policies. No, 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 no. They want to make good with the media that hates their guts anyway. It's true. The media want nothing to do with them anyway. They're useful idiots, all of them. Unfortunately, they always have been. And so January 6th will be a day of remembrance. All these phony historians who are cherry-picked because they're Democrat hacks, first and foremost, who want to compare what took place at the Capitol to the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor launching World War II, to 9-11, when innocents were slaughtered, burned to death, choked to death from the smoke, or jumped to their death, or crashed on planes. These are historians, they tell us. These are political hacks, propagandists. It's worse than anything we've ever seen. I just spoke for approximately, what, eight minutes, Mr. Producer? Ten minutes. How many people have been murdered since I began this segment? How many people have been murdered in Democrat cities? How many people have been murdered by recidivists let out of prison? By Democrat city councils and their bail reform and their Democrat prosecutors? Hmm? How many? 
I don't know the number, but it's a lot. So we do remember January 6th and every other day for the blood on the hands of the Democrat Party and their public officials. That's right, I said it. Now deal with it. On the left, deal with it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Democrat prosecutors in New York have dropped their cases against Andrew Cuomo. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? They've all dropped their cases against Andrew Cuomo. The Democrat Party, which used to stand for the Me Too movement, now stands for the FU movement. But still, the left-wing women will vote Democrat no matter what, as they did for Bill Clinton. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. But Andrew Cuomo's in the clear now, pretty much. All the Democrat pros, But they still want Trump's property tax information. Now that, that they're going to fight till the end of the earth to get that. That's absolutely crucial, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely crucial. Chuck Todd refuses to come on this program, and I want to ask him some questions. Number one, when Joe Biden lied today and said that President Trump had pushed this mob to attack the Capitol building. Why didn't you mention that as a correction on your program? Number two, why didn't you ask if there's a dereliction of duty? Why won't Nancy Pelosi release her records? So you and the media, among others, can find out what took place that day and the day before. Why won't you do that, Chuck? You won't do that. Number three, Chuck, why did you stop talking about how many people die from COVID every day? Now that Joe Biden's in office, the charts are gone. The clocks are gone, the allegations are gone, the accusations are gone. It's as if people aren't dying. More people have died from COVID now on Biden's watch than Trump's watch. So how come you don't mention that? And how come you don't also mention that Biden has three vaccines and they have therapeutics that had to be developed at the time, as well as the relevant equipment and other measures that are now Available. Why haven't you mentioned any of that, Chuck? All of a sudden, people aren't dying. Is that it? Or it doesn't help your party? I've got more questions, Chuck. 
I really don't blame you for coming on the program because you don't want to be questioned. I'm not one of those repubes that you have on that sort of slobbers all over you. And the thought is really grotesque, actually. Joe Biden says they should have acted three months earlier to get more tests. Where are the tests? First of all, the tests were invented. They were developed under Trump. Where are the tests? How hard was that? And what about the monoclonal antibodies that people take after they get the virus, which seems pretty obvious that it saves lives, and it has saved an enormous number of lives. The governor of Florida was way, way ahead on this issue. How come you don't talk about these things, Chuck? And how come you don't talk about the fact that Biden then nationalized uh, the monoclonal antibodies and is handing them out um, in a very, very political way, punishing Florida, which took the lead on this, and Texas. Why don't you mention any of this, Chuck? Well, it's the same reason Chuck announced not too long ago, being the expert in all things that he is, just ask him that there will not be any room on NBC News or Meet the Depressed for climate change deniers. No. Chuck studied the science and the data, and he knows all things. But Chuck, I have another question for you. There were very few hurricanes this time around. In fact, I don't think Florida even got hit by a hurricane, did it, Mr. Producer? Perhaps my memory is off, but certainly wasn't a lot. So when we have less hurricanes rather than more, how come you don't mention that? Why is that, Chuck? Because Chuck is a schmuck. Because Chuck is a fraud and he's a coward. And because NBC News is a disgrace. Disgrace. Absolute disgrace. The National BS Corporation. Everybody's sitting on the edge of their chairs. What will the Washington football team call itself now, Mr. Producer? What will the Washington football team call itself? you have any idea, Mr. Producer? Admirals. Serious? Why do you think the admirals? It was leaked? And where are these admirals? On the Potomac River? The admirals? I know, there's got to be another name for the Washington football team. I'm trying to think of one. Should we name them after a planet? Mars? Venus? No, how about Uranus? I think that would be a good one. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This nuclear option is ultimately an example 
of the arrogance of power. It is a fundamental power grab by the majority party. They want, because they can't get their way on every judge, to change the rules in midstream, to wash away 200 years of history. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? It'll be a doomsday for democracy if we do. What about that nuclear option doing away with the filibuster? Well, I can tell you that would be the end of the Senate as it was originally uh, devised and created going back to our founding fathers. Uh, we have to acknowledge our respect for the minority, and that is what the Senate tries to do in its composition and in its procedure. This is why you hate all these people, and you should. The Democrats and the Democrat Party media. That was Biden, Schumer in 2005, and little Dick Durbin in 2018. Nothing changes. They're liars. I mean, real scum. But now we're going to change it because, because we can. January 17th, Martin Luther King Day. We're going to change it then because we want to make sure every person can vote, except those of you who want to vote for Republicans, we're going to deny certain Republicans their seats because of January 6th. See what I mean? That's the way it is. But I want to circle back to quote the late, great Jen Psaki. They tell me the P is silent. I don't believe it. Not until she comes on this show and tells me herself. This from the New York Post. The Washington football team's new name might have gotten spoiled weeks before the team's schedule announcement on February 2nd. On Monday, CBS Sports reported, and they're never wrong, that a, uh, let's see, that a website, WashingtonAdmirals.com, redirected to the WFT's, Washington football team's official website, WashingtonFootball.com. Although the domain no longer leads to the official site of the NFL squad, the name Admirals is reportedly one of nine different names being considered for the club's new mascot, including Armada, Presidents, and Red Hawks. Boomer Esiason on the Boomer and Geo show. Who the hell is Geo? On WFAN in New York, said Monday the team's new name is the Admirals. And Boomer would know. The WFT, doesn't that sound dirty, Mr. Producer? Washington football team. I mean, what if it's the WTF? <laughs> there it is. I just came up with a new name for the uh, team. Not the WFT, the WTF. Anyway, the WFT has not yet addressed the reports about its new name. CBS Sports noted there's a major league Quidditch team that currently holds the name Washington Admirals. The franchise is reportedly based in Washington, D.C. Who knew? On Monday, the WFT president, Jason Wright, reports to the WFT Owner, Dan Snyder, said in a news brief, the name Wolves and variations like Red Wolves would not be considered due to trademark challenges. How about Cougars? You think they'd use that name, Mr. Producer? In August, Wright said the team had narrowed a list of 40,000 fan submissions to three potential names. And the Washington football team will also announce its new logo on February 2nd, Groundhog Day, 
They also tease new uniforms Tuesday that feature stars on the jerseys. Mm-hmm. So as long as there's not stars and stripes, you know, like an American flag, because that would be very, very offensive and very controversial. Maybe a hammer and a sickle. But nonetheless, the admirals. Now, I don't know why the Washington football team would call itself the admirals. The only navigable water is a river, the Potomac River, and we don't have too many admirals in charge of too many big ships on the Potomac River. The last time I checked, you have kayakers, you have boaters, uh, you know, and oil. But other than that, I don't know what else would be in the Potomac River. But I have a suggestion. Rather than call them the admirals, the top brass, let's go to the bottom, call them the privates. Do you like that name, Mr. Producer? And they can, I can even do the commercials for them. Support your Washington privates. Don't you think that would be a good name? Support your Washington privates. I think so. I think it's very catchy. The Washington football team, now the Washington privates. And what kind of uniform would the Washington privates have, Mr. Producer? That's right. They would go on the field with a raincoat. That's right. They go on the field with a raincoat. And uh, why would that be a problem? I think it would be great. Look, I think it's a great marketing idea. They call them the privates. You're Washington privates. Please stand up. I mean, please applaud. And they run on the field with their raincoats. I think it would be very cool. Now, their uniforms, you can't play football on a raincoat. But maybe they could wear, you know, something like women's underwear. That would be very futuristic and progressive, wouldn't it, Mr. Producer? Why not? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think I have solved the problem for the Washington football team, the WFT, that plays in the NFL, for which most people don't give a WTF, uh, rather than the Admirals, the Privates. I just think it makes a lot more sense. Plus, given the recent past, right, aren't they accused of all kinds of stuff? Somebody needs to take the name Privates. It might as well be them. And I think people would be really, you know, these great college players. You've got the history. The history there, the, you know, the great teams of the past. And now it's a new era, a new era. A new era of progressivism, a new era of PC. Going from the Redskins to the Washington football team, and now you go to the privates. It's a perfect transitioning moment, I would argue. Perfect. I can see all their new fans, too, can't you? In the stands. Professors. People who work at think tanks. People who write stupid laws. I could see their fans. Yes, they're the privates. We support the privates. We embrace the privates. Throw the ball over here, privates. You see what I mean, Mr. Producer? I think it would be great. And the privates can play all kinds of teams, you know. What kind of teams could they play? 
All right, enough of this already, but what a stupid name, the Admirals. Hey, 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 they might as well call them the Washington Generals. You remember the Washington Generals, Mr. Producer? The basketball team? They kept losing to the Harlem Globetrotters? They were a joke. They were a foil. Do the uh, Washington football team, do they not understand that they'll be compared to the Washington Generals? Oh, it's just the Washington Admirals. Oh, the Admirals? Oh, yes. Oh, you mean like the Washington Generals? Yeah, pretty much. Well, there you have it. I think for 20 or 20-some years, that team... And look, I've rooted for that team. I've gone to their games. I've, uh, I have nothing against the owner at all whatsoever, Daniel Snyder. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. Uh, I have nothing against all the press people who used to be there and... Judges and all that. I got no, no problem with it whatsoever. But what a stupid name, the Admirals. And, and so PC, they're so afraid to come up with, uh, we can call them, you know, no, better not do that. No, we can't do that. Oh, not, not that. What will they say? Not that. Uh, we have uh, the Admirals. But the Admirals is a stupid name. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. All right, enough of this. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. It's a pleasure to have our friend Molly Hemingway, who wrote this fantastic book, Rigged. Molly, how are you? Great. Great to be here with you. Well, Molly, uh, January 6th, it's the day to remember what exactly? Well, I'm Christian, so actually January 6th is a huge day for us. We mark the epiphany when the wise men came to visit Jesus. Ah. So it's been kind of funny to hear everybody talking about January 6th. I'm like, I've always Mm. wanted people to mark January 6th. But, um... Yeah, I think it's amazing to see how our establishment regime is exploiting one instance of political violence while hiding nearly every other instance of political violence that we've experienced in recent years in order to, you know, weaponize our systems against political opponents. And I knew today would be bad. I didn't expect that they would be quite so clownish in how they went about it. Are these not the same people, almost to a person, who tried to undermine the 2016 election, who pushed the Russia collusion stuff, who pushed the, the impeachments, the coup efforts, the criminal investigations and all the rest of it, who pushed for the tax returns 
the indictment of President Trump. These are exactly the same voices and faces and so forth, aren't they? And I think that's it's they, they are. And I think that's why outside of their own bubble, they're not having the impact that they hoped for. Everybody experienced what they did to the country for four very long years. The regime did not accept the results of a free and fair election in 2016. They used every tool at their disposal to go to war against the American people for the crime of voting for someone that they didn't approve of. They spied on a presidential campaign. They leaked classified information in selective and manipulative ways to push a really dangerous lie that that the previous president was a traitor who had colluded with Russia to steal the election. That's a very serious thing to say. They weaponized issues in order to do something that should be done very rarely, which was impeach a president. They did it twice. They talked about 25th Amendment removal. Um, they, they ran a resistance from within the government. They did really horrific things. And then they also changed our election laws in unconstitutional ways, engaged in censorship, you know, with the with the ruling class, working with big tech oligarchs to censor political opponents, hiding and suppressing news that was of vital importance to the American people. Like they really went all in against the democratic parts of our republic and now they're claiming to care about democracy and nobody who who remembers recent history believes them. They claim to care about democracy. When they lose elections, they attack the Electoral College. They attack the Supreme Court in 2000. There's endless amounts of audio and video showing them challenging the election of Republican presidents from the floor of the House uh, and bringing litigation. Al Gore did that for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, Also, the Russia collusion, as you point out, and in 2020, isn't the effort here really to intimidate people so they can't even discuss 2020? 2020 was apparently the only fraud-free election we've ever had in American history with the least amount of, of rules and, uh, and, and uh, standards in place. Isn't that amazing? So that's the thing. We all know that the 2020 election was unlike any election we've ever experienced, that hundreds of laws and processes were changed throughout the country in the months leading up to the election to flood the zone with tens of millions of mail-in ballots, which we all agreed up until 2020 were the primary means by which fraud can occur. Um, and nobody talks about the actual weirdness of that election, with the exception of there was that one Time Magazine article that came out that said, mm-hmm. and I quote, there was a, quote, conspiracy by a well-funded cabal of powerful people who work to change rules and laws, steer media coverage, control the flow of information to create, again, a quote, a revolution in how people vote. You know that if this was an election where people on the right had done this and that someone on the right had won, this would be nonstop news coverage, concern about rigging of elections and the integrity of elections. And yet they don't even talk about it at all when there are hundreds of things that they should be talking about. There is a very legitimate reason why people are concerned about the integrity of our elections, and the media and other Democrats don't want to talk about it because they want to keep the rigging going. This committee, this Stalinist-like committee of uh, Pelosi sycophants, were there for whatever reason, but they're there, we know, to advance her agenda and to get Trump and his supporters. They've been leaking a lot. They've been leaking texts, uh, they've been leaking uh, their their thought processes about the criminal law and so forth. And two things have 
really drawn my attention, among others. Number one, they think they've concluded that Donald Trump uh, was guilty of dirt. I can't find a federal criminal statute that would apply to a president about dereliction of duty when it comes to security at the House. That's number one. And number two, if they thought they actually had any affirmative evidence whatsoever that Donald Trump had led some kind of an insurrection effort, they would have leaked it. They wouldn't be talking about um, a a lack of duty that he was watching TV, you know, basically uh, Joe Biden in the basement watching riots left and right. So this is very interesting to me how this committee is leaking and what they're leaking. How about you? I do not have high regard for the committee. I mean, they have had so many problems with how they've handled the evidence that they do have. They have repeatedly fabricated or manipulated evidence that they did have. I mean, Liz Cheney made false claims about how long it was before Donald Trump tried to get the rioters to go home. She spent it was hours when it was minutes. Um, Adam Schiff, who has a lengthy history of fabricating evidence, did that. He, he selectively edited and manipulated a text to make it appear to say something that it that was different than what it said uh, when, when they held like a prime time, you know, hearing so that they could put the evidence out there and they don't seem to have much. I mean, the thing is we all know kind of what happened. We all saw what happened and it's bad enough as it was without trying to invent, um, you know, grand conspiracies surrounding it. But conspiracy thinking is sort of their stock in trade. And what about the job of Congress? Congress doesn't have plenary power to do whatever the hell it wants to do. Um, okay. It has to, you know, it conducts investigations. It has to conduct them in a certain way. It has rules on how they do it. Uh, they're not supposed to overlap with the FBI. And and I think Liz Cheney really gave it up on Sunday again when she said, look, we're, uh, we want to prevent Donald Trump from being president. You know, we want to see if there's any law that he broke. Uh, and we want to uh, change the Republican Party. Well, that's not legitimate. There are so many problems with that aspect of this committee. You know, Congress is different than the Department of Justice. They're not, in, you know, they're not there to investigate and prosecute crimes. They can do oversight. They can do legislation. And nothing that they're doing seems to be in that purview. They are using surveillance authorities and tools that were never intended to be used against uh, domestic political enemies, although I will point out that critics of the expansion of those tools always warned that they would be used and deployed against uh, domestic political enemies. And the committee is in the violation of its own rules. Just tonight, um, Liz Cheney said on special report falsely... Hold on one second. Uh, you may have to go. Are you still available for the next segment or not? Yes, yes. All right, don't 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 leave. That music means we'll come back. She said falsely on special report. We're going to continue with your point, and we will be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over two million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. 
And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You're listening to Denali, the great one. The great one. And you can call in now, 877-381-3811. We're talking to Molly Hemingway of the Federalist of uh, Hillsdale, of Fox News. Uh, Molly Hemingway. Um, So you're pointing out tonight Liz Cheney was on special report with Brad Bear, and she made another false statement. What happened? So... First, I just want to give a little bit of perspective. The House requires committees to follow certain rules. And one of those rules is that committees have to have ranking members. Now, a ranking member is the top person appointed by the minority party to represent the interests of the minority party. Right now, that's the Republican Party. So it would be the top Republican-appointed member in a committee. Brett Baer asked Liz Cheney tonight, who is the ranking member? And she said, I am the ranking member. And that is not true. That's a lie. She was actually handpicked by Nancy Pelosi to be the vice chair of the committee, representing Pelosi and her party. The Republicans did name a bunch of people, including ranking member Jim Banks. He chairs the Republican Study Committee. He's a decorated Afghanistan veteran, very well respected. And Nancy Pelosi barred him from the committee. There are no Republican appointed members serving on the committee. And that's bad because, you know, you want to have the minority party having a voice. It's an important part of representative democracy. And, you know, it's just completely a problem because the rules require that when you subpoena someone or when you take a deposition, you have to consult with the ranking member. They don't have a ranking member. Liz Cheney lied tonight and said she was the ranking member. That's not true. And that puts, you know, just one of the many ways this whole committee is being run in egregious violation of rules that we have long held to that establish due process and other important things for, you know, for having a decently run committee. And the media, of course, is utterly corrupt. It's been corrupt for a long time now. And yet all the interviews Lynn Cheney's been involved in on these Sunday shows by these various hosts and so forth, nobody's asked her why she will not pursue any information about what Nancy Pelosi did on January 4th, 5th, or 6th, why she turned down the National Guard, why she didn't muscle up the police, what did Nancy Pelosi know, what about her texts and emails and depositions, instead they want to chase Sean Hannity. And so uh, it's clearly a cover-up in that respect, don't you think? Well, tonight uh, she was asked about this as well. Betty Thompson, who runs the committee, has said that Nancy Pelosi's off limits to the committee. Well, that's a problem because she's in charge of security at the Capitol. And if you really want to prevent something like this from happening again, you would, of course, investigate the decisions she made about why she didn't have proper security. And Liz Cheney was unable to answer exactly, you know, <laughs> what she thought about. about well, uh, good for Brett. Before. You know, I'm on the air when he's when he's on. So I didn't hear it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he, he did ask her. You, yeah, but she didn't really answer, and she didn't really say she would care about getting to the bottom of any of this. If you really cared about these issues, that is a legitimate function of Congress, 
to perform oversight and, of course, to run its own affairs. If you really wondered what in the world happened on January 6th, massive protest. Of course, you should have had a massive police presence. Why was there none? These are the kinds of questions I think Americans of left and right all would agree need to be answered. It's the one thing they're not getting into. Um, you know, I also would just point out, since, sorry, that, you know, since we're talking about Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney admitted that she orchestrated this, she secretly orchestrated an op-ed in the Washington Post to have every former Secretary of Defense say no military should be used to keep the peace in the case of any election-related protests. A lot of people say that the, you know, that the delays in getting National Guard there and having the Pentagon respond to requests for help, that that played a role. So Liz Cheney herself should probably be investigated um, for, for what she was doing there with that op-ed and whether that helped hurt the optics. Um, you know, people were worried about the optics of having, uh, you know, um, National Guard. people in uniform, people in uniform, yeah, addressing this and trying to keep the peace and whether she herself played a role in it. Um if you really cared about these things, you would you would have to look critically, self-critically on all sides at all of the failures that led to this riot. And here's what we know, as a matter of fact. I want the rest of the country to understand this. Liz Cheney would never want her texts or emails made available to anybody. Nancy Pelosi clearly doesn't. Raskin, Swalwell, uh, uh, Schiff. None of them want their emails and texts made public. The hosts on CNN, MSNBC, none of them. Because truth be told, they do collude. They work together. They advance an agenda. Uh, you can only imagine what they say. So when they act like they have some kind of a smoking gun from somebody else, this is just more phony drama, isn't it? It is. And I, but I do think, you know, they should be asked. You're subpoenaing, you're seizing the private texts of private citizens and your Republican colleagues, all these kinds of things, will you voluntarily turn over this information about what mm -hmm. you were doing? You all were talking about this post-election prior to January 6th. Why don't you just voluntarily turn over all of your communications with the transition, with the Trump administration, you know, with the Lincoln Project, whoever you were working with, they should be asked to do that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, they won't, but you're right. They should be asked to do that. The other thing here is very interesting to me. The Department of Justice is also utterly corrupt. The idea that they would indict Steve Bannon before the issue of executive privilege asserted by the former president is, is fully adjudicated is outrageous. Now, I can tell you somebody was chief of staff to attorney general. We never, ever would have indicted somebody while a matter is still being litigated in that jurisdiction, in the District of Columbia. Is that not shocking to the way this Department of Justice and the way these Obama and Biden judges are conducting themselves? Well, you know, you think back, there hasn't been an indictment for contempt of Congress prior to this year or prior to recently since I think like 1983. And you think about some of the people who were held in contempt. IRS Commissioner Lois Lerner, who attacked viciously, you know, the, the rights of conservative groups. Barack Obama's attorney general, Eric Holder. Nobody thought to indict them, of course. I mean, even George W. Bush staff, um, chief of staff Josh Bolton was held in contempt, I think. Now we're, now we're indicting people for this. Um, and I think one of the members of the committee, Schiff, yeah, he said, we now have a DOG, DOJ that will do what we want. You know, we were told that Attorney General Barr was a puppet of Trump, which was clearly not true. He was really good at, at, um, at running that department very well. But here you have Schiff saying, you know, the DOJ will do whatever we ask them to, and nobody's concerned about the politicization of the Department of Justice? 
Mm-hmm. Well, very good. I, uh, I don't know what we do about this. We have to claw our way back into the culture because, you know, what I wrote about here, which is they really do control almost all the instrumentalities of the culture. So the Democrats know whatever they do, whatever they say, they will be back. They have the propagandists. Lynn Cheney. Now, Lynn Cheney knows exactly what's going on here, but she's interested in settling scores, isn't she? She is it's all about her personal obsession against Trump and his policies, isn't it? She has had a problem with him for a long time, mostly related, I think, to foreign policy. She's more of an interventionist. Uh, President Trump brought the Republican Party back to its Reagan and pre-Reagan posture of realism and restraint, but also a strong military presence. You know, he was not afraid to use the military, but he didn't want to have these, like, intractable entries into every conflict that was out there. And she was really sore about that, I think, for family legacy reasons. She just couldn't get over it. Um, She also spewed, you know, she undermined him with the fake Russia-Afghanistan bounty story. You might remember that story that was very important during the 2020 campaign. She was pushing that, which was this lie that uh, Donald Trump didn't even care about reports that Russia was paying bounties on Afghanistan uh, in Afghanistan against American soldiers. Turned out not to be true. Nothing about it was true. She was really pushing that. Um, there are, you know, yeah, there are personal issues. I think some people want a Republican Party in that mold that it was between Reagan and, and the first George W. Bush and Trump. And they're, they're unwilling to have a conservative movement that's not done in their image even though that movement wasn't very good for the country in many ways and you know, caused a lot of problems for the Republican Party's political prospects, but it's very personal for some people, I think. Well, you know, the Bushes, the Cheneys, the Rhinos, the Republican establishment, they opposed Reagan. They opposed the Tea Party. They opposed Trump. Um, they, they, they have apparently different interests than their base. Unlike the Democrat Party that's responsive to their base, Trump was responsive to his base. He was responsive to the movement. A friend and I were talking the other day. He made promises. He kept damn near every promise that we can think of. And this is just not the way Washington is supposed to work. So he was a true outsider. He really was stirring the pot. He really was doing things that you're not supposed to do as president. He would get things done. He would step on feet. So be it. And I think from day one they didn't like him. And while he was in office they tried to destroy him. And I think maybe there'll be a sober moment, Molly, 20 years from now, 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now. But when serious people write about what's taking place here, I think they're going to talk about this is when the republic was under threat. They can talk about January 6th all they want. It's the four years of Trump where the republic was threatened, and not by Trump, but by his opposition. I could not agree more. And you were saying that you're worried about the future and, you know, they, the left has control of all of these institutions. The only way we heal as a country is if, if the establishment regime can somehow be forced, forced to accept the 2016 election and what it meant and why it happened. And, you know, maybe that's just as easy as making sure that they accept the next presidential election. Um, but it has to be done. So much damage to the country has has been enacted by their refusal to accept Donald Trump as a nominee, as the actual rightful president, and they have not been held accountable for that yet. And there's no way past it. You can you can cause all sorts of hysteria about today's anniversary and all that, but until we deal with what they did to the country, we cannot heal. 
And, of course, while they're talking about, oh, they won't accept the election results, as, as we point out, in 2016, they didn't. They did in 2000. They did in 2004. And they're saying today, a couple of commentators said, if Trump runs and wins in 2024, he will not be accepted as a legitimate president. So they're already laying the groundwork. It is they who are destroying the country. It is the media who are destroying the country, pushing these agendas and so forth. The rest of us, I mean, Trump was elected. You accept the four years. They wouldn't do it. And now we talk about these changes. They know what Mark Elias was doing. They know what Zuckerberg was doing. They know what their governors and their courts were doing because they did it. They coordinated it. And the idea that we can't question it is absurd. I want to thank you for your book, Rigged. I want to thank you for being out there to be a rational, strong voice, and to have the courage that you do. My very best to you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. All right. You take care. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Those of you who have not yet gotten your copies, surprisingly, of American Marxism, whether in audio or ebook or hardback form, get them, hand them out to as many people as you possibly can. The battle goes on. And I want to say this about uh, Julie Kelly and her fantastic book on January 6th. Uh, she came on for her interview. It was number, what, 2200, Mr. Producer, on Amazon? 2600, and it got up to over 25. Number 25, thanks to you. And she's now doing her rounds on Fox, so it'll even go higher. But you provided her with an excellent foundation, and it's a very, very important book. American Marxism, I hope those of you who have it will share it. I hope those of you who can will get it. And I hope that those of you who can will get it for other people in your circle of friends or your social circle. It truly is one of the crucial books as far as I'm concerned. All right, let's take a call. Do we have time, Richie Rich? Let's go to Richard Eagle Rock, California, 870, the great KRLA, the answer. Go. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, want to address a little thing that kind of mystifies me. First of Mm. all, I think anytime we think of January 6th, we have to remember that troops were offered by President Trump and Nancy Mm. Pelosi stood down the troops. That's That's correct. That's paramount to understand. But uh, what I'm concerned about now is I'm hearing all this garbage 
about Trump should have said something. Trump should have said something. He should have stopped it. He could have stopped it. My question is simply this. Do these idiots believe that the Capitol, every room, there's a large screen TV that's tuned into Donald Trump giving speeches? It's a red herring. It's absurd. And I just I think somebody ought to point that out. Did Nancy Pelosi pick up the phone and call the president of the United States any time during this period? I don't believe so. Do you? I don't, I so don't how does she so expect he... Donald Trump to do anything on his own? She didn't communicate with him as far as we know, and I don't know that we'll ever know it because this committee is not interested in finding out. This committee is not interested in finding out exactly what Pelosi did before, during, and immediately after. They have no interest whatsoever. They're not interested in finding out what the FBI did. The Norfolk office, the NYPD, sent information right to Christopher Ray's desk. That's not part of their investigation either. This is a complete Stalinist effort to destroy Donald Trump. It goes on and on and on, and his supporters are not buying one bit of it, none of it. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let's go to Bill, Traverse City, Traverse City, Michigan, the great WTCM. Go! Good evening, Mark. Thank you for yes, taking sir. my call. It's an honor to, it's an honor to speak with you. Um, oh, welcome. Get, get Bill's number. I, I blew the clock here. I made a mistake. Bill, we will call you tomorrow. I apologize to you. It's not intentional. The music means I got to go. I got to give up the microphone. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, all of you great patriots. Thank you for coming here every evening to listen, and we greatly appreciate it. See you tomorrow. Be safe.